0: The whole world is asking, where is Peng Shuai? But policymakers in Washington are missing their biggest source of leverage that they have against Peng's captors, the Chinese Communist Party. Hey everyone, this is Michael Sogolik of the American Foreign Policy Council. And I wanna share some brief thoughts about policy options that the US has when it comes to combating Chinese Communist Party disinformation campaigns. So let's talk about Peng Shuai. She's a world-famous tennis player who recently wrote a lengthy Weibo post accusing uh, China's former vice premier of sexual assault. Her post was censored roughly twenty minutes after uh, after publishing, and the party subsequently disappeared her. Since then, she's resurfaced with some ham-fisted proof of life videos and some, External organizations have bought this proof, like the International Olympic Committee, whereas others like the Women's Tennis Association have not. There's lots of focus in D.C. that's been directed at the IOC, and rightfully so. And a a number of think tankers, politicians, are really concerned about the role that Western institutions can play as an enabler of Chinese Communist Party propaganda. And I think it's interesting to note that we also see this with Xinjiang and denialism about the Uyghur genocide as well. Uh, if you look at a recent report from the Australian Strategic Policy Institute, there are some fascinating observations about how the CCP is using Western social media influencers to propagate the party's narrative about Xinjiang these western links to the ccp's behavior are useful and they're highly important to call out but i think what's interesting to note is that they don't get to the heart of beijing's behavior and even more than that they really don't get to the core of the party's vulnerability i used to work on capitol hill in the senate for five years and one of the biggest lessons i took away from my time on the hill is that politicians tend to swing for whatever is closest to them. And it's easier to influence the behavior of U.S. companies and U.S. citizens than it is to effectuate or change the behavior of a foreign government like the CCP. But looking at uh, another disinformation narrative that all of us are intimately familiar with, uh, China's disinformation surrounding COVID-19, Uh, That reveals something really important about how the party works in the information space. There is a life cycle of CCP disinformation campaigns, and COVID is the perfect example for it. There are four phases. First one is damage control. This was way back in January 2020, which feels like an eternity ago right now. Uh, But the bottom line was the party cared more about stopping information flow about the virus than they cared about stopping... The spread of the virus and this is where you saw the party imprisoning doctors and locking them up and censoring their publications about the virus second phase is when they found out they couldn't contain the virus by shutting people up about it they started deflecting blame uh, and you saw this in a lot of ham-fisted propaganda where the global times and ccp diplomats were talking about how the us brought covid 19 to china Shortly thereafter, you saw the party try to play a charm offensive where they try to cast themselves as a net provider of healthcare goods, whether it was exporting uh, PPE and other stuff to Western countries. But then when that veneer couldn't uh, absolve a lot of the anger that a lot of countries felt towards China for its culpability in the virus, you saw them enter a fourth phase which was punitive action trying to prevent countries like australia and many others from pushing for investigations into china's culpability now i think it's interesting to look at a few things here number one uh, you have two methods of of censorship you have coercion and you have cooperation and you also have two different primary audiences you have internal audiences and external audiences all things held equal the Chinese Communist Party would prefer to keep their disinformation operations in the cooperative column, in the cooperative phases, whether internally inside of China or externally with the rest of the world. I think no one has put this better recently than journalist Kai Strittmatter in his book *We've Been Harmonized*, when he when he says that the party's goal is to harmonize narratives that suit their interests, not just internally but globally. And this is most effective when you are part of the process and you you don't even realize you're doing it. I I mentioned this concept in a piece I I wrote for Newsweek uh, somewhat recently about how China is deputizing teachers to implement book bans. Uh, If you have stake in the game, uh, it's in your interest to participate in censorship and you don't see what the party is really trying to do here. So bottom line, if the party is playing a cooperative censorship game, they're on offense and we're on defense. If we need to, if they need to coerce control of information, they're on defense. And I think that's the big thing here. We need to hit them where it hurts at home, specifically by targeting the great firewall.